I literally had such a hard time with telling people no. Like I would overcommit to so many things and then I just got burnt out. Like I got burnt out and I was just like, I cannot do this. Like I feel like I say yes to everybody. And then I'm just like, and it doesn't, just because you know how to do something doesn't mean that you should always do it. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to put your best foot forward if you are trying to help everyone. So it's like, you really have to pick and choose and set those boundaries as to, you know, what is important to you or what um, complements your mission and your values as well. Hello, Brie. Welcome to The Fostered. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. I know you're super busy, so I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to be on my podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for asking me. Definitely. I just feel like I'm so personally inspired by you, and I feel like there's a lot of people who look at what you do and are like, what the hell is she doing? Like, I wish I could be doing that too. And I feel like this is a good time to snag you before you blow up like too, too big. <laughs> well thank you have you been on a podcast before um I've been on one but it was like actually I've been on two podcasts there was one maybe in like 2017 and then the other one was like 2019 and that was like I don't know if you've heard of tequila talks but they were just like talking about love and relationships and like you're supposed to like drink tequila while you talk about it <laughs> i need to go find that interview I need that sounds so much <laughs> yeah but like other than that no i haven't really done like podcasts so i feel like these are like the first of many for sure Thank you. I'm glad you believe in me. <laughs> what? Well, I'm about to get into your whole resume. So like in preparation <laughs> for this interview, I looked at your LinkedIn and your resume is just so impressive. Like I think when I met you, you were working at Pickler and Ben, which is like the show that our, queen, our country queen Kelly Pickler was on. Uh, but you've since gone on to work on the Oprah tour and the Tamron Hall show. And now you're at Red Table Talk. And I feel like each one of these things are like people's dream jobs. And I think it's really impressive, like how you have not settled and you're like, no, I'm just going to keep striving for bigger and better. And I guess I just wanted to know, like as someone with scarcity mindset, like what leads you to feel like you can <laughs> leave, these, <laughs> leave these jobs? Because I feel like so many people, especially women, like when we get our foot in the door, we're just like, okay, I'm happy for the thing I got, but I, I just love that you've been like, no, I'm going to keep going and like searching for the thing that I really want to do. I think because we, we're like searching for our passions for our whole lives. It's like literally we spend our whole lives trying to figure out what we want to do, changing our careers, finding our passion. I think it's like important for people to know that it's okay to start over. It's okay to figure it out. It's okay to not like a job and go into something else. And also it's like, why limit yourself when there's so many possibilities, so many opportunities, so much money to be made. And you just like, you know, sit and dream about it instead of like going to make it happen because it's, it's doable. So I think for me, it's like knowing that it's possible is what makes me or keeps me motivated to just like move forward and do something else. And also I want to continue to just like learn and educate myself. And the only way for me to do that is to 
work on different shows and to soak it all in from different people that I am inspired by. So that's kind of like why I do it. I love that. Yeah, no, definitely. Something I'm learning about Leos too is that y'all are like not scared to go after a bag. And I I heard Jackie Anna talking about that recently. Um, And I'm like, yeah, Leos are going to go after that bag. But I, so you mentioned like, like wanting to keep learning and like keep striving after curiosity. But I feel like still, like, did you have any people being like, are you like giving you kind of a side eye for like leaving any of these places or kind of discouraging you? And if so, like, what did you do to overcome that? Um, I think I've been blessed to have people in my corner who really um, support my decisions and my decision making. Um, and they, they don't influence it in a way that makes me feel like I'm incapable. You know what I mean? So I think it's all about the community that you have in your corner that really inspires you or um, compels you to want to do more and see more. And so I think that was like this latter part of your answer, your question. But in terms of like, you said what makes me like not scared to, is that what you said? It's what keeps you striving. But I, I mean, I think you touched on something really great is like community. I feel like a lot of people in our generations who are like in their 20s, like are having a really hard time finding community, especially like with the pandemic and like having to work from home. And yeah. it's just been harder and harder, I feel like, to create that community. Um, I'm wondering if you have any tips for people. I know like recently we went out and you shared a story um, about just how you were like, not going into like an event with a mindset like everyone is mean and like and ever since you told me that like I've literally been thinking like that because I will go into a place and be like no one's gonna like me everyone hates me but I'm like no I'm gonna think like Brie and think like everybody is nice here and like try to make friends so I, I feel like you're great at building community and I'm just wondering if you have any tips I mean I think it's easy to be like down and hard on yourself and especially when you come off super extroverted people expect that from you almost but Mm -hmm. I'm like secretly just this really introverted person as well and sometimes I do have like social anxiety where I don't want to like go into certain rooms and I constantly like reminded myself I forget who said this but they were just like you know when you go into a room it's like it's a privilege for them to be in your presence like you sh- they should be happy that they are in the room with you because you're just being your most authentic and beautiful self. And so if you're just bringing your best self, your best foot forward, then the people who are also doing the same will gravitate towards you. So you shouldn't be like scared to accept that and to like receive that love. And you shouldn't be afraid to give it. And so it's like it can be scary, but I think when you go into it with that mindset of like, oh, I want them to like me, but more so like, no – they should be worried about if I like them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is is what makes me feel better about going in those rooms. Is it toxic? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think so. I think think we've been like conditioned to like constantly be seeking like other people's approval. And it's like, why do I even want their approval in the first place? But I think we don't like, that's not what's taught for us to think at first. We're just like, I just want to be liked. It's like, if you like yourself, then you don't really need to be. Yeah, and it's just like be being kind. Like I think yeah. you're, you know, bring kindness to the forefront, and you're just like a good person. Then I think that also shines through, and people will see you for who you truly are. 
So yeah, I think that would be like my advice for people who are just afraid to put themselves out there. It really is all about just being kind and being authentic and gravitating towards those people who are also doing the same because at the end of the day, those are the ones who have your best interests at heart anyways. And the other people, you know, shouldn't even really be on your radar anyways, you know? That's so real. I guess what's coming up for me is just thinking like I have been burned a little bit in the past. I'm wondering if like you have, and if so, like how did you move past that to still like to continue to lead with kindness? Have you been burned in the past? <laughs> this is not my interview. <laughs> I, well, as you know, I worked as a videographer and I am a very friendly person. And I felt like a lot of people were like, I thought they were being my friend, but they were really just trying to use me for like free videos and things like that. And so it really made me hesitant about who I cho- chose to let into my life. And mm-hmm. I'm still working on leading with kindness, but mm-hmm. seeing you makes me want to be a kinder person and just put myself out there more. <laughs> I think that happens a lot, especially in the entertainment industry. People, you know, they're going to see how far they can go. They're going mm-hmm. to try and take advantage of you, especially if you show them that they can. And so it's just uh, like setting boundaries and making it clear like what you are worth. And then having them like, you know, compensate you for what you're actually worth. And so I think that's what it is. It's just like setting those boundaries and being like, no, like this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm not doing. This is how much like I expect to get paid. And and it's like, you know, you can work with people. It's not always that cut and dry. But I think that in order to not get burned, like you really do have to think about your mental Think about like your peace <laughs> at the same time. And so like setting those boundaries, I think is what really helps. That is so spot on. Cause even when I think about those times, it was me like over committing and me like giving really more of myself mm-hmm. than I probably should have. And yes, I had, I literally had such a hard time with telling people no, like I would overcommit to so many things and then I just got burnt out. Like I got burnt out and I was just like, I cannot do this. Like, I feel like I say yes to everybody. And I'm just like, and it doesn't, just because you know how to do something doesn't mean that you should always do it. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to put your best foot forward if you are trying to help everyone. So it's like, you really have to pick and choose and set those boundaries as to, you know, what is important to you or what um compliments your mission and your values as well i'm like i'm just nodding so much because this is like everything i need to hear Um, because i'm currently (laughs) wanting to like switch roles a little bit really leaning more into like what you're doing like when i saw what you were doing i was like this is kind of what i think i want to be doing more of (laughs) i know no one knows what it's almost like this ambiguous thing it's like yeah she's a producer but like that's such a big word it's like you don't really know what a producer does unless you ask them and Mm -hmm. it's different in every industry it's different for every job so it's almost like you have to be like so what is what are the things that you do in your job as a producer because you're like oh I'm a producer it's just like this huge thing and you're like I don't really (laughs) I don't really understand or I need someone to explain it to me because when I was getting into it I thought it was just like 
budgeting, keeping track of the money. You know, that's what in my head I had this idea of, you know, what producing or what a producer was. And then when I got into it, I was like, oh, there's so many avenues. You can go into creative. You can go into like line producing. You can go into working in reality, documentary, scripted. Like it was just so much to it. And they all do different things. So I think it's, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. No. Well, that's actually leading to a, a qu- another question I had. <laughs> I, well, as you can see, I literally get paid to talk all day to people and it just goes and goes and goes. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm going anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just talking, but maybe that's why I'm good at what I do. <laughs> it is. No, it literally is. And that's what I was watching you just talk and pitch ideas. And I'm like, I do a little bit of this. So I'm, I, I edit a lot at work and I'm kind of like over the editing a little bit. I'm like wanting the editing to be down. Yeah. And I was like, I could talk and share ideas. Like I already do that a little bit. So. You do. You were, you were helping me. You were like, how about? this and I'm like yes I'm like give me those details <laughs> you know, well, I'm yeah. like I can't wait for these episodes to come out on Red Table Talk and yeah I feel like each job you've had too has kind of lent itself to another like you worked on the Oprah tour could what were you doing on that exactly you were a producer on that too yeah I was an associate producer on her Canada tour that she did and then also on her um U.S tour that she did as well so the first one was a book tour and basically what I would do is just like help write the scripts and um produce like the questions that she would ask to the celebrities that she'd be talking to about her book um and then we would just like sit with Miss Winfrey and talk through like her vision and get her voice um Mm. as we were scripting it and everything else was like you know, her just being her. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so, like, that's what I did there. And then on the other tour, I basically was a field producer for most of it. I would go, I would find really interesting people who were just, like, doing amazing things in their community. And I would go to their city. I would sit with them. I would talk with them, produce, like, a tape piece on them. And then we would highlight them during the show and like all of their accomplishments and the things that they're doing to not only help themselves, but to help the people around them. So that was super powerful. And we also, you know, scripted for that too and helped her with um, the scripting of the workshops that she did. And it it was a lot (laughs) that went into that. It's a whole live production. So it was really just like the creative for it was what I was doing. Do you have any big takeaways from your time working on those two tours? Oh man, that's a good question. I think that one big takeaway I had was it really emphasized like there's so much power in knowledge and like educating yourself, not just like with school education, but just like an understanding of the world an understanding of people that are different from you. And there's also power in not always having to feel fill the space or be the loudest person in the room. Mm. Because sometimes, you know, you don't have to be this like boisterous person to be the most powerful one or to, you know, have 
the last word, our most amazing word. The people we spoke to, or not just the people we spoke to, but just being around her, like her presence, even when she wasn't talking, she like commanded a stage. And I think that that was something that I found really powerful is like, you don't have to always speak. You don't always have to like fill the space or create this noise. It's like your presence is what can command a stage. So like being confident in your and what you bring and just like having a presence that is bigger than you. And and also just working on a project that's bigger than you made me feel like it's so much more, like it's so much bigger than you. Like the world out there is so, is, there's so much out there basically in the world. And I feel like sometimes we like stress the little things. It just taught me to like be confident and not stress all those little things and just kind of like be even more in the moment as well. I know that was a lot, but I learned so much. <laughs> no, I I just finished um, her book, What I Know For Sure. And oh, yeah. I'm like on a big Oprah kick right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't really grow up watching her. So I'm like kind of discovering her a little bit later in life. But- yeah. A lot of like us 20 year old, like in our 20s, 20 somethings, we like didn't watch the Oprah show. Our parents did, or we Mm -hmm. saw it, you know, when we came home from school or something like that towards the tail end. But it is interesting hearing like the stories from my bosses and just like actually seeing it, seeing her in person and just like relearning all of those things that she was teaching like our parents. <laughs> no, lit- I mean, and they're all such timeless lessons. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but she's such a powerful manifester. And I mean, just her story alone, I'm just like so in awe of her. I know, me too. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're amazing. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And, well, just to go down your resume, and then you went on to go to Tamron, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was, I did some freelance jobs after the tour. Um, oh yeah, you directed like a whole show in the pandemic, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the tour wrapped in 2020, right when the world shut down, and um, I was just freelancing on some jobs, and I got the opportunity to direct this show called Typecast, and uh, I really love the team. Like shout out to the Typecast team; they turned it into a whole platform, a whole movement, and um, a production company. So it was just like really awesome to be able to work with my peers and produce a show. And like, like you said, create an opportunity for ourselves when we felt like, you know, where do we go from here? Um, But then yeah, from there, I started working at Tamron. So I just felt so blessed. (laughs) And it was it was a lot of fun. Like, I loved working at Tamron Hall. I learned so much <laughs> in such a, a short amount of time. I feel like I really learned a lot about myself and I really shook that imposter syndrome that I had mm. when I was working there. <laughs> was it something you had to shake with that in, within yourself or was it something that the environment kind of shook out of you? No, it was something that I had, like I needed to get over myself. Like I always... In my mind, anytime I would get a job or get asked to do a job, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I'm fully like ready. I don't know if I'm fully qualified for this. Mm -hmm. Like, 
do you think that I could do this? And it's just like, I have to believe in myself. Like other people can believe in me all day, but if I don't believe that I can do it, then it's going to be like a train wreck and I'm just going to be in my head the whole time. So it was really just like me getting out of my head and proving to myself what I was capable of. And when you're in an environment like that, where it's live TV, um, similar to Pickler and Ben, but more, you know, since it's on ABC, like with ABC News, mm-hmm. it was just like a lot quicker of a pace. I just moved to New York. I was by myself. Like it was very much like, okay, you're being thrown to the wolves and you're going to sink or swim. So it was just one of those types of experiences. And I think I proved to myself what I was capable of during that time. And I was proud of myself. I'm proud of you too. Thank you. I just am <laughs> continuously inspired by you. Like even like you did that move in the middle of the pandemic still and took on a whole new job. Like these are really impressive things that I think a lot of us like we see and we like want to do, but we just think maybe we're not capable. Something I was reading um, yesterday too was like, it was saying stop trying to make women have imposter syndrome. And I feel like a lot of us maybe don't even have it, but we're, we see other women talking about like, oh, I have imposter syndrome. And then we like absorb it by like osmosis or something. And it's like, no, let us be confident. Let us take up that space and feel like we're capable. Mm-hmm. Cause it's almost like when you are too confident, then it's a bad thing. And when you're not confident enough, it's a bad thing. And it's like finding that happy medium because it's almost like, I don't want to tell someone I would never want someone to say like, oh, you need to humble yourself because it's just like sometimes you don't need to humble yourself. Sometimes you need to hype yourself up (laughs) in order to make yourself like feel like you are that girl because you are. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. No one's ever told me to humble myself, but I'm just saying like I feel like people always tell me that I need to speak up more about what Mm -hmm. I do Um, because I just like don't really talk about it. I don't keep it in, but in the world that we live in today, it's like you have to shout out your work. You have to talk about what you're doing and yeah. you have to like hype yourself up because you're your biggest advocate and like your name is your brand. And sometimes that carries more weight than, you know, your resume. And it's just like once you get the job, proving that you deserve to have it and keep it. I mean, I feel like you've proved it in every job. But (laughs) I wanted to ask, like, how do you know when it's time to leave a job? Because, like, I feel like, like, literally everything you've had has been a dream job. And so, so like, how do you know when when it's time to leave one? Oh, that's a good question, too, because I feel like for me, I think the answer is different for everyone. Like there is no cut and dry answer on when to leave a job. For me, I know it's time for me to go when I know that um, I've learned what I feel is all I can learn and I want to grow. When I feel like I've hit a plateau and there's no more room for growth, then it's time for me to go somewhere else where I can continue in that process of growing and understanding and executing and like teaching. (laughs) I feel like so much of like our generation too is like, I'm sure you've been seeing like the great resignation and everything surrounding that. And I think post pandemic people are just like, I really want to enjoy my life and I don't want work to be my entire life. And I think you've just illustrated that so beautifully in just your transitions throughout all these jobs. Cause I think 
like, yeah, you could have stayed at Tamron or you could have stayed with Oprah, but like you've been able to work for not one, but three or really six or five (laughs) beautiful (laughs) black women who are like pioneers and like really paving the way in these really like power, like white spaces. Like they've been able to really rise to the top and you've been able to work amongst the best. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. Like I didn't even put that together until now. Thank you. I think honestly, also like, it's not like you, you know, work for Oprah or you work for a person when you're freelance or when you're like contracted, it's almost like you have to all like think about your next move. It's like, you got to be present in what you're doing, but you have to also think about like, what's next? Where do I want to go from here? And so it's like almost a necessity to feel like, or to be like, okay, I need to like be on top of it. I need to continue to move. I need to continue to grow because if not, I'm going to be stagnant. That's how I feel. Like, I feel like if I'm not continually growing, I'm just going to like be stagnant and not really know what's next. And I get so in my head when I'm just like sitting and not doing anything. But I think, yeah, it's not that I just like didn't want to work at these places anymore or I felt like I was done. It was just like a lot of times those jobs were also contracted and you just Mm -hmm. like go on to the next one. It was really just like, you know, leaving Tamron was more so the choice that I made subconsciously for my growth. But yeah, like I said, I learned so much working there that that experience like means so much to me. And also it was like the first job I had coming to New York too. So it's like (laughs) something that I'll always have close to my heart, but it's cool being able to be like, I've worked for amazing black women who you know, are defying the odds and who are continuing to just inspire me to want to do the same. So I think that's cool. Thank you that for is, pointing that out. <laughs> yeah, that is so, so cool and inspiring. And so now you are at Red Table Talk, which is just, I have been a stan of Red Table Talk since its first iteration. And when it went away, I was very <laughs> sad. I'm so happy it's back now. <laughs> I, I I just would love to know, like, what what has it been like working there? And yeah, all with all any tea that you can give. Talk is great. Um, the shows are a lot of; they're very deep and mm-hmm. interesting. Um, is what I have come to understand. Like even watching it, it's it's different when you're watching it and when you're there because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're there on set with that person and they're talking through their experiences and talking through their trauma it just hits different like it you feel it when you're watching it on screen but when you're there it's like so personal and it's just like cool to watch Jada and Willow and Gammy be able to like pull those tidbits of information out of people to make them feel so comfortable that they want to share it I think that's really cool because I think that's a real skill to, to, you know, be in a room where people feel comfortable and feel like they want to share their story with the world and you're providing with them with that platform. I think that's really cool. Like, it's fun. I like it. I love my team. Like, they're just all very supportive <laughs> and they really care about you. And that's nice. Like, it's like they, 
we support each other and we care about each other. And it's like we always uplift each other and say, like, good job. And I just think it's really important when you're in a workspace and people are, like, encouraging and supportive and giving you where you're giving you your credit, you know, giving you your flowers. Like, you know, when you do great work, but it's also reassuring when people tell you that <laughs> you're doing That's a great really job. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I feel like the shows have just gotten better progressively and it's really cemented itself in pop culture. Like when some, when something happens, you just know, like the memes are going to come through, like they need to go to the table. Like we need to bring them I to know. the table. <laughs> Like even thinking of the Jordan episode, like the Jordan, um, Kylie Jenner's best friend. Oh, that's not her best friend anymore. Not anymore, but what's I can't think of her last name, but Jordan Woods. Yeah, Woods. Yeah. Just thinking of like that, like that was such an iconic moment in pop culture. And yeah, I just, I just think it's, it's just really cemented itself in a way that I don't think many shows have been able to. Yeah. I wasn't there for Jordan, but because I, I just started with them recently. And from my experiences, it's been lovely. Jada's very sweet, very nice person. And um, I really like working with the Smiths. I, we love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, to transition a little bit, you touched on it a little bit in talking about um, leaving jobs, but I wanted to ask, like, I know that you are a super hard worker and definitely about, like, your hustle, but I'd love to know, like, how have you been able to find rest and what wellness practices maybe you have in place currently, mm. especially as a black woman? Like, I feel like that is mm. just so needed. Oh, yeah. It's definitely needed. Um, I'm living a soft life. Yes. <laughs> For people who don't know what a soft life is, Angel, do you want to fill them in? Because... <laughs> Soft life is just black women. We have just been told constantly to be hard, and we're not even told like it's just something that's resulted from black men having to go to prison, and then women, black men having to be the head of the household. But now black women are like, we are going to be in our soft life, our fragile era. We do not want to be the strong black woman anymore. We want to be soft. We want to be little fragile things. So that is pretty much soft life, girl. Soft life in a in a nutshell. And it's like for me, um, it's not that I'm not being a strong black woman because I definitely pride myself on being like a strong black woman, but I also am trying to implement those moments of self-care, those moments where I can be vulnerable, um, those moments where I don't have to be like strong all the time and I can just like do the things that make me feel you know, nice, warm and fuzzy on the inside. (laughs) And so I think for me, the, my self-care routine, Angel, you've seen it. It's very. (laughs) Brie has a whole, like on the back of her door in her bathroom, she has a whole, like, it's a door full of products. Like it's actually insane and I've never seen anything like it. But I definitely was like taking screenshots or taking photos of everything that I wanted to like add into my self-care routine I definitely have a full self-care routine um I like to get facials once a month because I really am trying to like clear my skin but also it just feels nice and it's like my way of just having a moment to myself um and 
I like clean, like for me, self-care, my self-care routine is like waking up, lighting candles, playing music, like just getting myself in the mood to just like have a really great day. It's like I create the vibe. So it's like, I'm not going to let anything make me feel bad today. Like I'm going to create this warm environment that makes me feel comfortable, that makes me feel good, and that gets my day started. So yeah, I like light candles, I play music, and then I'm just like, you know, doing my face mask and all of those things. Um, And I think it's hard because sometimes people feel like they can't really like have a self-care routine if they have a family or if they don't have any money or things like that. And it's like really just even setting aside five minutes of your day to just take a moment and breathe um, is a version of just like maintaining self-care or taking a moment to yourself. And so I think that for me, that was something that my mom encouraged was just like, you know, taking a moment and just like breathing and um, meditating and just like creating the atmosphere that you want, that you see fit for your day. And like, so I do these affirmations in the morning where it's like, I say the three things that I'm like, excited for the three things that I'm like, you know, that make me feel good. And the three things that I want out of the day. And so it's just like, you know, having those three things that really just like make me feel like I'm really getting my day started and make me feel like I'm really just like having, um, I don't know. It just, It's like when you wake up and you're like, okay, so I'm going to like stand in the middle of the floor. I'm going to close my eyes and say three things that I'm thankful for the moment I wake up. Mm. It's like that's a great way to just like for me start my day because it's like no matter what is going on, no matter, you know, how angry you may have felt the night before, like waking up and feeling thankfulness and graciousness just like makes my day, I can't speak for everyone, feel a lot better. So those are like a little thing, little things that I do to like help with my self-care routine. I like to travel too. (laughs) You do love to travel. (laughs) Everyone knows I am quick to take a trip. (laughs) A solo trip too. I I was asking you a lot about that when I was there because I I want to go on a solo trip so bad, but I'm just so scared to do it. (laughs) I, I tell everyone, I'm like, you should either like move away from home or like at least for six months, move away from home or take like a heap of solo trips or at least one solo trip for like uh, two weeks (laughs) if you can. But like, I know that some people can't always do that. It's, It's circumstantial, but you know, at some point in life, taking a one solo trip, is worth it because you learn so much about yourself. I learned so much about myself <laughs> during that solo trip, like what my wants were. It was just literally three weeks. And I learned about the things that mattered most mm-hmm. to me. I thought about like, you know, what it means to sit in solitude and like 
how loneliness isn't always a bad thing. People make loneliness seem like it's bad and it's not. And then also I think just like creating friendships and growing and and like realizing that you don't have to stop making friends when you grow old or like when you grow older, you know, you continue to make friends, you continue to grow and learn about yourself and we're ever evolving. So we're always like learning new things about the world. We're always learning new things about ourselves and it can be a real like eye-opening experience. So yeah, I tell everyone to take a solo trip. <laughs> Self-care. <laughs> I love that. I'm uh, the more you say it, the more I'm like, oh, where I'm just gonna Wait. book a trip. <laughs> like don't be obviously like don't go somewhere super dangerous by yeah. yourself. You know, you gotta do your research. And you have to be smart about where you're going and share your location with people that care about you and <laughs> like check in with you. But um, yeah, there are a lot of safe places where you can go in the country or outside of the country where you can just like enjoy time by yourself and like really learn about the person that you are and who you're growing to be. This is what I need. <laughs> a couple episodes back, I was just talking about how I, I was talking about my trip to New York and how I was just so scared to be like on the subway by myself because there was a time where somebody would have Yeah, you were like, the subway's fine. It's fine. I was like, who knew? Um, you were like, well, there's definitely places where you need to be careful, but for the most part, you can get around and be okay. Um, but I think yeah. it's just like, just need to do that more and I just left honestly left leaving New York like so inspired like I've been burning my candles like like you in the morning yes I have a candle going right now I've been listening to the playlist that you sent me like I am just like channeling the person I was in New York (laughs) yes I love that so much and I mean like I feel like also I try to create like this really comfortable environment because I love home decor yes and like stuff like that so anything that just makes me feel like I want to stay in my apartment even though I'm not here all the time and I go out a lot it's like I never wanted to like have a place where it was just like oh I just go there to sleep it's like no I want my (laughs) my place to feel like it's a home not (laughs) some place where I just go to sleep or you know what I mean yeah, it definitely felt like that. I came back and like went to a bitch's shop and like bought a coffee table. I was I like, okay. Know. I was like, look at this coffee table. <laughs> it's so cute. I don't know if you like can show your coffee table on your podcast one day, but it's so yeah, cute. I'll show it. Thank you. <laughs> I was just inspired. I was like, okay. Cause I was, I was, I didn't know about like, um, I didn't know what it was called, like your decor aesthetic. So mm-hmm. once she told me like vintage modern, I just went on Facebook Marketplace to like type that in. Because <laughs> I was like, this is my vibe. And yeah, there's so many good finds on Facebook Marketplace. Like that's how I found that table. Um, yeah. And just so many things. I'm like, I should have been doing this a long time ago. <laughs> I find so much on Facebook Marketplace. I still have like this couch. I still have two couches. I have so <laughs> many chairs and couches in here for no reason. But I'm like, well, I have the ultimate game house now. Like people can just come and come can have like game nights and stuff yeah no you really do (laughs) i'm like i don't know i have so much furniture it's a problem (laughs) 
question I like to ask everyone on the podcast is what's something that you're fostering for yourself currently? Something that I'm fostering for myself? A little play on my last name <laughs> or the name I of the know, show. I know. I'm like, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think, what are you fostering for yourself? You tell me and then I'll tell you. Currently, um, well, just going off what you were just saying, more solitude. I would love to like, take myself more on solo dates. I feel like solo dates are a great way to start mm-hmm. if you're not ready for a solo trip. Like mm-hmm. That's like a baby steps into mm-hmm. a solo trip. So I'm fostering more solitude. Mm, I like that. That's nice. I think I'm fostering adaptability. Mm. <laughs> do you want to say more yeah i would say i'm fostering adaptability just being able to continue to go with the flow and not sweat the small stuff and allowing myself to fully um be in present in every moment and just you know feel grateful mm-hmm. For the moments that I do have, uh, whether it be at work or outside of work with my friends and with my family, and I think it's, like, important for me to adapt to all the different changes that are happening in my life every single day because sometimes it can be overwhelming. So it's just, like, being able to have that adaptability to be, like, okay, we can get through this. All I have to do is sit there and be, like, one, two, three, four, five. For me, that's like, you know, it's just that simple. You know, I feel like we overcomplicate things so much. Um, So it's just like not overcomplicating it and just adapting and following your intuition and going with it and knowing that, you know, you trust yourself to know what's best for you. Period. Period. (laughs) (laughs) That's so beautiful. Brie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you're so busy, so I'm just so grateful. No, it's okay. I don't know if I did a good job or anything. No, this was so good. Because I just like went off on a tangent and. (laughs) No, you need your own podcast like immediately. I'm like, I feel like I talked about. I don't did I answer like your questions about like work and stuff like yes you did a great job I like don't even (laughs) you literally killed it like I think this might be my favorite episode to date really yes this is so good I learned so much and I'm just like taking it all with me I can't wait to edit this because I feel like I get the lessons again and yeah I I feel like you did a great job okay (laughs) (laughs) say bye to the pot and I'm gonna cut this (laughs) <laughs> Say bye, Bree. Bye. <laughs> there we go.